A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Now while Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were angry and said, Why this waste? For this ointment could have been sold for a large sum, and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble this woman? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. By pouring this ointment on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. This is one of our sacred teachings. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. It is a privilege to have this opportunity to be with you on this Lord's Day. And I offer greetings to you as I prepare to share my morning message with, filled with thanks for the invitation to be with you and filled with thanks for your being a part of the Alliance of Baptist Family. This COVID-19 time has taught us a lot. Among them, the renewed importance of being in supportive Christian community and that we can have new ways and learn new ways of being community together. And this is one of those ways. So we at the Alliance of Baptists have been doing our work virtually for about 11 years now. We connect with our congregational partners uh, and provide theological home through this virtual engagement. We connect with our ministry partners here in the U.S. and around the world virtually, and we also do our work pursuing God's justice and love virtually. So I bring you greetings from all of our staff, from all of our board of directors, along with words of gratitude for your partnership with us. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your time and energy and your money and your partnership ministry. We couldn't be who we are without congregations like yours. We are grateful. Well, this is the quilt that she gave me when I graduated from high school. Now, it's not a prize-winning quilt if you entered it into the county fair or the state fair. It wouldn't win any ribbons. It's not made with these coordinated matching fabrics. Uh, it's a simple design with no fancy quilting techniques. And if you hold it up and look at it, the pattern's not even, it doesn't exactly match. But it's beautiful. It represents my aunt's life, my Aunt Sue's life. She was my father's oldest sister. She was a woman without an education beyond grade school, not beyond grade school. Uh, she had very little money ever in her life, and she had no children, but she did what she could with what she had. And not only did she make a living doing it, but in the process, she created these beautiful works of art. This quilt represents strength to me, and I wish you could see the tiny stitches. The quilting really is very tiny, exact stitches. 
So it, the strength's in the stitches, and there's also strength in the pieces of fabric that it's made from because she made this quilt with scraps from the dresses that my grandmother wore, which she also made. Maya Tzu was a strong woman. She lived in a time when survival was hard for women. I told you she was my father's oldest sister. She was the first of 17 babies that my grandmother would birth, mm -hmm, 17. She helped raise the others. She helped bury some of them and she never had any children of her own. She lived close to poverty all her life, yet she lived by the fruit of the land. She and Uncle George were always tenant farmers or sharecroppers, never owning land of their own or a house of their own. She cooked biscuits in her wood stove. Um, sometimes they would have little scatterings of, um, of the soot on them. Uh, she also made these marvelous dried apple custard pies. She didn't have an indoor bathroom until the last few years of her life. After Uncle George had died, she moved into an apartment that was a subsidized apartment for senior adults. And when she lived there, she declared the bathroom was the most beautiful room in the entire place. She died probably about 30 years ago at the age of 87. If I think about survival being difficult for Aunt Sue, and she was white, um, then I think about how hard it must have been for another sharecropper's wife that I was reminded of just recently when I visited the Civil Rights Museum in Jackson, Mississippi. And that's Fannie Lou Hamer. Just a few years younger than my Aunt Sue, she had even less than Aunt Sue had, for she didn't have security or safety. So lynchings and severe intimidation were common in the Mississippi Delta where Fannie Lou Hamer was raised because she attempted to register to vote in 1962. She was kicked off the plantation where she and her husband lived. She had been living there for 18 years. Her husband lost his job also. But because of that, her activist career was launched, focusing attention on the plight of black citizens throughout the South. Hamer was threatened. She was harassed. She was assaulted. She was arrested and shot at. And in her efforts to work for voting rights for disenfranchised black voters, she was jailed and mercilessly beaten. None of these things, though, ever stopped Hamer from battling racism and poverty. And I encourage you to go online and listen to her speak. You can hear her voice. You find her words. She testifies that before 1962, she had never talked before a crowd of more than six people at most. But since that time that she attempted to register to vote, she's had opportunity to speak before thousands in the fight for freedom. And she exclaims, I believe that God gave me the strength to be able to speak in this cause. Hamer persevered, 
and she became the first woman ever from Mississippi and the first African-American to become an official delegate at the Democratic National Party convention since the Reconstruction period after the Civil War. We can learn a lot from her example as we strive to overcome our own adversities. So I wonder if Hamer found any kind of hope in the story in our gospel text for today. You know, we know very little about this woman in the text from the way she's described in the gospel of Matthew. Her story is also told in the gospel of Mark and in neither of these gospels do they even give her a name. Sometimes I think about how hard it must have been to be a woman in Jesus' day. I mean, I think that women's tasks were pre-sunup to post-sundown in terms of how much of their day they consumed weaving and grinding and baking and sewing and hauling water and sweeping and birthing and nursing and mothering and laundering and tending the sick and the elderly. All of these jobs were the jobs of women. And this woman, even with all these responsibilities that women carried, took the time to hear and respond to the ministry, the person, and the message of Jesus. One thing we do know about this unnamed woman is that she had enough money to buy some very expensive perfume. Perfume that would cost the equivalent of one's wages for an entire year. This woman boldly performs a loving act of compassion for Jesus. And she breaks several cultural rules while she's doing it. The first one she breaks is that she appears at a banquet hall at the house of Simon the leper. So she appears at a leper's home. She enters a dining room filled only with men. Second rule she breaks. Third rule she breaks. She positions herself above Jesus. And then she doesn't put just the customary two or three drops of this ointment on his head. She pours the entire container on his head. Why did she do it? Has she heard Jesus preaching and teaching? Has she been the recipient of one of his acts of mercy and healing and kindness? Has she heard him speak of his own imminent death and realized the gravity of the situation? Perhaps she indeed recognizes him as the one whom, of whom the prophets spoke, the Christ, and before some of his closest followers see fit to anoint him with oil as someone would who had been selected for a special role in the ancient Near East, she takes it upon herself to do it. We don't know. We don't know why she did this, but what we do know is that she is so courageous. Out of her resources and the possessions that she has, she does what she can do. While the disciples don't seem to grasp who Jesus is and what he's about 
And they've been arguing about who's going to sit at his right hand when he comes to power. This unnamed woman ministers to him. She understands him, and she meets his need. Oh, her actions draw attention. They do. The disciples protest over the extravagance and the waste. So many hungry people can be fed. And now, just imagine it. All that costly perfume running down Jesus' beard and down his robe. Just think about the odor, how it would have permeated the entire room and filled everyone's nostrils with its strength. Jesus rebukes the disciples and he accepts her quiet act of ministry. He affirms her. For in her actions, she has proclaimed louder than any prophet, here is the Christ. Here he is, the Messiah, the Son of God, the long-awaited one, one, the one we've been hopeful for, the one we've been expecting. This woman, she had very little in the eyes of the world, not even a name powerless. We, we have no idea how many times she may have said to herself, oh, you know, I can't go do that. No one's ever done this before. At least not my family. We don't know if she ever thought, what will others think of me? Did that run through her mind? What we do know is that she did what she had within her to do. She did what she could with what she had. And because of that, Jesus said, she will be remembered. Well, who would have been more insignificant in the 1960s than a black woman in Mississippi? Who could have been more disenfranchised and pushed aside than Fannie Lou Hamer? And yet, she stands today as one who is remembered, who did what she could with what she had, who inspires all of us to remain committed to the struggles we believe in. And she taught us to sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Fannie Lou Hamer died in 1977, leaving behind a legacy as a tireless champion for racial equality. It wasn't until 1993 that she was posthumously inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. This unnamed woman at Simon's house did what she could. And she's been remembered for how she prophesied with her acts of kindness. My Aunt Sue did what she could and her memory is going to be told in my family as long as her beautiful quilts are maintained and treasured. And I have a collection of them. This is the first one I received. 
What can you do? Do you have a phone? Then will you please call your senators? And will you say to them, allocate funding with strong policy mandates for states to have safe and accessible elections this fall? That's something you can do if you have a phone. Do you have a dime? Give to a cause that's working for racial justice and equity. Do you have feet? March for something you believe in. Do you have a voice? Use it. Speak up. If we don't speak, we are part of the problem. Do you have a smile? Then cheer someone's day. Are you doing what you can with what you have? Are you using faithfully the gifts God has given you? Being a prophetic witness in your context, in your community, making a difference where you are? Let's leave our time together today remembering the view of Aunt Sue's quilt, a woman who did what she could with what she had, and listening and hearing the voice of Fannie Lou Hamer who let her light shine, doing more than anyone dreamed possible with what she had. Let's leave this time together remembering this woman whose actions declared, here is the chosen one of God. Let's go with him. Let's follow him. For you too are gifted. You too are called and affirmed by God. Be the people of God doing what you have the power to do in the name of the one who created us, who redeems us, and who sustains us. Amen.
We're grateful that you've been here with us today. It's always our hope that in this space, we have known ourselves loved and been able to open ourselves in some way to God's presence so that we can go forth and show the love that we have found here. And now, people of God, receive this benediction. If here you have found freedom, take it with you into the world. If you found comfort, go and share it with others. If you've dreamed dreams, go help one another that they might come true. And if you have known love, go and give some back to a bruised and hurting world. You are seen and you are loved. Go in peace.